When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast, a spot the hub to get your mind right. You can't just train your body. You can't just train your technical skills. You got to train your mind. Because if we can win the inner game, we can dominate the outer game. And I'm so excited for episode 131. A good friend, Casey Jaycox, author of Win the Relationship, Not the Deal, the founder of the Quarterback Dad Podcast, 77 episodes, that's next level, former quarterback extraordinaire at Central Washington. What's up, C. Wu? Um, a Kent native, went to Kent Ridge. He's the founder of Winning the Relationship, LLC. We're also speakers and mindset coaches at Limitless Minds. Let's go. And uh, he is a sales and leadership co coach, and he used to dominate at K-Force, but now he's bringing his knowledge and his expertise to the masses to help people win the most important game, and that's the relationship. So Casey, what's up, brother? Well, uh, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor mainly to meet T Money. That's why I'm. That's why I said yes. I mean, the chance to meet the pride of Piala, the ASB Prez. I'm in. Let's go. Um, you get the voice of the Vikes on the podcast behind the scenes on the ones and twos. You know something amazing is going to happen. Yeah, I'm nervous uh, right now. I mean, you're around T Money. You, you got to be on your A game. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. I love. I love that that insight. You definitely caught this. This is why we're on episode one thirty one. Is because T Money is the driving force. But uh, Casey, man, why don't you give us a background about you? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you saying the the, the um, quarterback dad cast and the, the, the quarterback days at Central because then I can say Uncle Rico and keep that phrase. Anytime on a podcast or record my own, I got to give shout out to Uncle Rico so then I can live those moments. But no, I'm super blessed, uh, Colin. I am. I'll be 45 on March 12th, uh, so uh, which feels really, really weird. But I still feel like I'm 20 years old. Um, I'm so um, thankful and humble and appreciative of the journey that I'm on. And I decided to start my own business once I had wisdom to back it up. And uh, I'm so thankful for curiosity because uh, it inspires me to ask a lot of questions. I'm, uh, and I think when we ask great questions, that's when we learn. I'm a lifelong learner. And I'm very passionate about now teaching people, which I thought was really common sense that I had learned, but it's not. And, and, and too many sales organizations focus more about what they sell, what they do, how they do it, and they, get, they have it wrong. Sales is about what you ask and then telling stories to make people feel about that they can get comfortable with that journey together. So you help the buyer come along the journey with you. I believe anytime you're selling someone something, it's not going to be long-term. That's a transaction. Um, but when you can solve a problem, articulate it with value, then you're going to be around for a while. Yeah. And, and what would you kind of say shaped your mindset on how you lead, how you connect with people? Was it like innately done? Was it a mentor? Was it a, a coach? I think playing quarterback honestly helped me with that because, you know, as a quarterback, you know, we, you get the glory, you get the, you get the, you're the goat, you're, you're good and bad. Um, and I was always motivated to try to get like my lineman's name in the paper, you know, get, you know, if, uh, my quarterback coach um, and high school football coach, Marty Osborne out of um, Kent Ridge from Mount Rainier Ram. He played at central was one of, the, one of the biggest reasons I got to central. You know, he, he was always about, you know, humility, um, you know, humble leadership and 
you know, I remember a, a game like my junior year, this is really old. I can't believe stories coming to mind where it was like a really rainy, rainy night against Kent Meridian. I think I went three for 11 with eight drops. We think about the math majors there. That's what have been 11 for 11. I get interviewed after the game. They said, man, tough loss. It must've been really frustrating for you having all those drops. And the first answer that came out of my mind was, man, it was, it was actually, I, I could have done a better job putting that ball in easier spots. Uh, it's on me. It's not on them. And I just, I wasn't doing it for show. I was just doing it cause that was how I was kind of wired. Maybe it is innate, but I said that. And then I know that the receivers on my team appreciate that because I took it for them. I took the, took one for the, um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I don't, I, I love my, my parents, obviously. Um, I had, you know, great college teammates at central Bo Baldwin is a guy coach Baldwin. Now the head coach at Cal Poly got him Ryan Fournier quarterback. He and I split time with my sophomore year. He's now an executive in Tacoma. Um, you know, so many great people around me. It just, and then coach Zamberlin, uh, my head coach at central, he, he said, if, if you're, if you're good, you're going to tell everybody, but if you're great, they're going to tell you. And that always stuck with me. You know, as we think about like that phrase, I'm sure this resonates with you as a receiver, like act like you've been in the end zone before. Um, right. As sellers, you can have a great month, great year, but who cares that, that clock that we all get 1440 minutes a day and then it resets. What are we going to do with it the next day? So, so, so he made a minute, you know, big completion, third and 17. Great. You're still on the 43 yard line, get in the huddle. Let's go play clocks on like celebrate the win, but get back in huddle. So I think that's where a lot of it came from. Yeah. And I love you were telling me a story and how you get your mind ready for games is you would sit in your car and you would close your eyes and you would see the whole game. You would, there's certain plays, certain checks that you would see, and you weren't even taught this, right? This was something that, that you just did. Uh, well, I think visualization started with coach Osborne in high school where I, he, he spoke truth into me and said, Hey, I was six one one thirty four. I looked like Beetlejuice. Remember, people remember that guy. I looked like a track runner at a straight out of like, like a country with no shoes. And um, he said, Hey, you're going to be our starter, but here's what you got to do. And I was like, you sure you got the right Casey. There's gotta be like, I, I couldn't believe he's talking to me. And, and he had a visualization of bench squat, clean 40 time body fat, all this stuff. And then he said, here's, here's what I would do. If I were you, if you do these things, you're going to put yourself in a position to be a starter. And I was like, okay. And I just, and that fired unleashed a fire in me. And then in um, college, I would, when I'd leave my dorm or my, not my dorm, my apartment, I would literally announce the play, the first play of the game as the announcer, like, so, so team money, this is what you'd probably do. Like at the Vikes announcing the game, but I would, I knew the first play of the game would be, cause we, it was been scripted all week. And then I would announce what would happen in third person. And then it would, a lot of times it would happen exactly like I saw it. And can you do like a, a practice play call and how, how you would do it? Here we go. You want I'll, give you some, I'll give you some let's tricks. Let's go. Let's go. Zoom. Let's go. Zoom. Doubles right. Uh, 91 Z scramble on two and two. Ready? Here we go. We just did motion to a Z, Z middle screen. And so now I'd be like, Jay Cox under center. Jay Cox fakes left, throws right under under coverage. He goes like something like that, you know, where you're <laughs> you're uh, announcing yourself, but like wow. you know, embarrassing it is, is you're not only embarrassed because there's only one guy in the car, but then I, I literally close my eyes and see it happening. But and now that whole visualization stuff. I still do it in business. I still do it in my life. I talk to my kids about it. And I think I got this from you. You said there's two things happen twice, once in your head, then once you can go do it. Yeah. Every moment happens twice, first in your mind, then in real life. So that's a good tactic that hey, parents, salespeople, athletes, if you're in band music choir, doesn't matter. Have a clear picture of what you want and just dress rehearse greatness. Why would you 
dress rehearse things you don't want, then you would attract these things. So I think that's a really cool method. But now let's kind of talk business. Um, business. You've had a lot of success in business. Business. I know, I know you wrote a book about, you know, how to, how to win in, in that space, but maybe give your, like your, your philosophy to, to us. Yeah. I, um, again, goes back to sports, how I was raised relationship building. Like I, I, I was never a guy that got in a ton of fights in high school or junior high. I just, I, I wanted to be Switzerland. I wanted to be everybody's friend. I wanted to treat people the right way, which is why the first chapter of my book is about the power of the golden rule. When we, when we start our day with positivity, when I enter the foot the huddle and the coach calls trips, right? Three thirty four stretch Z post X stop. If I'm like, ah, oh, what a horrendous play call guys. Let's go. Let's man, We'll give it a chance. Now. I mean, no, one, they're not going to be fired up. So I have to believe in what I do matters. I have to believe in what the coach, the CEO, my leader matters, and then go into it. If I walk into the day with a, me, my wife and I got an argument or I'm frustrated with my kids or the guy cut me off, don't enter the office or the huddle of your business or your team until you get your mind right. Take a deep breath. Go get a cup of coffee, walk around, but enter. When you enter the, the office, I always say that's like my helmet's going on. I'm entering now the game. And now are you ready to compete and be the best teammate possible? And then enter. And then when you enter the end of the office, the game field, like look around for something to bring some appreciation to somebody. Hey, team money, love that shirt. I got the same one or Colin, love that hat. Looking good, man. Like just something positive and watch what that does to a culture, right? When we're kindergartners, we're taught that to treat people well. When we're first graders, we're taught to treat people well. When we get in these corporate environments, we're taught to take care of yourself, you know, manage up, do what you got to do. It's like the exact opposite. Fake it till you make it. BS, worst advice ever. Don't fake it till you make it. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken, right? Be yourself. Be your true authentic self. So for me, man, I applied those learnings and I always treated my customers and my colleagues and my support staff like they're the most important person in the world. I used to challenge our sales team. I said, imagine if you're, your, imagine your clients, your mom, or your dad, would you treat them that way? Your grandma, would you treat them that way? Probably not. Uh, if, they, if, they, if they make a bad decision, you, you wouldn't freak out on your parents. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, but why? <laughs> right? You're just creating more negative anxiety for yourself. So, um, and I, I just found that when deals, I always wanted to win every deal, but I knew it wasn't possible, but I always said we should have the mindset to win every deal. And then where the whole mindset of this theme of this book happened when I was in Dallas opening up one of our um, kind of a building a team that supported one of my largest customers. And there was a bunch of younger folks who did not have ex much experience. And, and I was our number one guy at the company at that time. And so they were like eager to please. And I, I could see it in their face, but I was more about just like, Hey, let's build it. Same thing we built in Seattle. Let's build it in Dallas. And they were getting so frustrated, frustrated about when, they, when we'd lose a deal, they'd get, they just beat themselves up. And I said, it's more important to win people than win a deal. And they looked at me like I had no idea what I was talking about. I said, let me give an example. Imagine if T-Money selects Colin over me to be your coach. And I'm like, I'm bummed. If I call T-Money, I say, T-Money, man, thank you for the opportunity to compete. I'm really bummed that I didn't do an, enough work or I didn't put my best self forward to make you choose me. But I wanted to follow up to make sure that Colin or Colin, Colin LLC is going to do everything he can to, to do what he said he's going to do. Just showing that I cared about the customer, admitting where I wasn't weak or not good enough, showing that I cared about the customer and then following up. And let's, well, I mean, a high percent of the time, Colin, just by that extra level of follow-up with, with genuine, authentic curiosity and attentiveness to someone else's feelings, I'd pick up low-hanging fruit, low-hanging deals because the person who I, who I lost to 
wouldn't follow up. They took them for granted. Mm. Like little things like that. So yeah. but, and to me, it's not really, if you think about it, all I'm doing is being nice. I'm treating people with respect. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so. really good. Now I know you, I take some notes here. I know you have six common sense strategies and I love that when you do your workshops and trainings, it's just like, let's get back to the basics. Common sense isn't common practice. No. Which I wonder why that is. It really blows my mind. But do you have any other, I mean, I know you threw a few in there. Any other of those keys you want to uh, share? Because I'm out here taking notes. I'm trying to win some deals. I'm trying to win the relationships. Win first. some peeps? Yeah. No, no so it's chapter one is all about following the golden rule. Treating, starting the day with positivity, treating your teammates well. Chapter two is about expectation, expectation management. Seems simple, yet a lot of times people will show up. So for example, we're recording today, March, what is it? March 4th? March 4th at 12 o'clock. If I show up at 12.05 and just assume that you guys got nothing going on, but if I knew I was going to be late, let's say 11.56, I'm going to send you guys both a note. Hey, my apologies. I'm running five minutes late. No excuses. It's on me. Just want to give you a heads up. Set, set expectations. Or if you're, as it relates to business development and follow-up, hey, call, I'm going to call you on, on April 3rd um, per your advice. Just like as now we document, we listen. Seems simple. Most sellers don't do it. Just documenting and taking action to when you're going to follow up, but follow through to make sure the person knew, knew you listen. Chapter three is all about listening. So you can hear, hearing is subconscious. Listening is conscious. You can get better as a listener. If you practice, there's exercises out there to do. Uh, chapter four is about, um, document- Hold on a second. Can I ask you a question on that one? On yeah. number three, listening. When you, you now kind of role play back and forth on how we have conversations with, with clients and customers and people that we're serving. And I, I mean, I just kind of have these natural conversations and, you know, just wanted to feel like flow smoothly, but I, I learned a trick from you about asking the right questions and, you know, how you open with the right question. Maybe give us that little tip. Yeah. How, if you're a seller out there and you're looking to change the outcome of how a meeting will go, you will start it with, and you'll start, you have to practice it. So I'll ask it two ways and we'll let T money be the judge of what sounds more authentic. So if I start a meeting with you guys, I'd say, Hey guys, thanks for your time. So what do you, what do you guys want to get, get out of today? That's, that's option a option B is T money, Colin, thank you so much for your time today. Describe for me, what's going to be an ideal outcome for you in the 35 minutes we have today. Definitely. Money, the second option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You probably heard curiosity. You probably heard authenticity. You probably heard sincerity. Right. And when you ask that question, you get the answers to the test. Right. And so the pushback I, I will get from people, sometimes they'll say, okay, well, Casey, it's our job as a seller to come with the agenda. I said, I didn't say not to bring agenda. Never told you to do that. I just told you, is it about you and what you want to accomplish? Or is it about your customer and what you want to learn? So just because you think, you know, what you want to talk about, what happens if something changed? Wouldn't we want to know that? Right. And so let's say I'm all ready to talk about blue shirts. I'm a shirt salesman. And, 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 and I booked the meeting on a Monday meetings on a Friday, but on Thursday, she realizes, man, I need some green pants. Look at some Seahawk colors. Wouldn't I want to know that she might need pants too? And the answer is obviously yes. But if, when we ask our customer, what they want to get, what would describe for me, what would be an ideal outcome for you in the time we have today, you bring them on the journey and you hold them accountable to making sure that this is going to be beneficial and valuable for both parties. But you have how you start the sentence with the question. You don't use what, why, how you use, describe, explain. There's like three of them or four of them, right? Yep. Our friend, Ted. Tell Ted. Me, 
Tell me. Tell me, explain, describe. Parents out there, practice on your kids. You want to get better relationship with your kids? Don't say, how was school? What'd you do? Did you have fun? Tell me the hardest part about school today, online school. I never had to do that. Tell me the hardest part, Ryder. Riley, explain for me what, the, what you love most about 2D art and one thing you, you don't like about 2D art. Now they can't say yes or no. They have to tell me. They have to tell a story. I'm building relationships with my kids and I'm practicing my business development skills. Win-win. True. I remember um, early in my sales career, I was trying to get a follow-up meeting with, with an account. And I was like, can we schedule another appointment or, 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 or no? Do you have other? So I basically give them an option to say no. <laughs> But, but I love, but yeah, number three, listening. And then really listen with uh, the intent to seek to understand and, and not, you know, if there's quiet time, there's quiet time. Allow that customer or that human being that you're with. Sometimes silence is, is golden. So Ted, tell me, explain, describe. How, how about the uh, fourth one? We're, we're halfway there. Documentation and follow-up. So uh, there's a thing called CRM, Customer Relationship Management Software. I documented everything. Like I share a story in the book about my, my former client, Chris Bart. shout out to Chris Bart. shout out to North Dakota State University, one of the biggest fans out there. He and I would, I would ask him questions all about that. And I knew about that was a passion for him and his family because we document it. Shout out to Claire McGathlin, Alaska Airlines. I knew she was a diehard Mariner fan, Seahawks fan. I haven't talked to her in your years, but I wrote this stuff down so much. It's now in my subconscious. It's always there. And when you, when you use your documentation as your compass for where you're flying, you're always going to land the plane. When you just wing it and show up with, hey, I'm just calling to check in, you might as well tell your client you're calling to waste their time because every other salesperson calls to check in. That's negative value. That shows you're just being lazy and you don't know what you're doing. So when we document what we learned in our discovery meetings, we use that as our compass and our tool to follow, follow up with somebody to either have them enter or exit the sales process. And this is, again, th these are fundamental things. You should know your people's names when you call on them, the receptionist or the assistant or a colleague within that account. We should be okay. doing our homework to ask the questions. Hey, what's your name? Hey, hey, um, hey, pal, is, is Larry in? You know, it's like, that's, that doesn't feel good. No. If you're really doing the job to, to care about human beings, and I like that you say, write things down. Don't just think it, ink it. You know, if it takes, I call this the two minute rule. If you're in outside sales, if it takes two minutes or less, do it right there. Don't wait. Because if you wait, you won't do it. And if you wait all these things at the end of the day, you'll be overwhelmed. The two minute rule says, if I can do it within two minutes, I'm going to do it. It's going to take yeah. probably less than two minutes to, to write it down. So whether it's a notebook or something electronic, that's, that's really great. And you don't have to be best friends with your people. But I say this, you should know your customers. You should know them. Okay. What's the uh, five? Ditch the ego, let your authentic self shine. So you and I, uh, I know I'll speak for you. Let me know if I'm wrong. Our ego got ditched quickly because we had to watch film in front of 30 of our buddies when we did not play well, or we did not run them when I did not make the right read. Or even if when I did complete a ball, I still would get coached on footwork. I still get coached on, Hey, why'd you change the play? Why'd you check out? We didn't need to. Uh, if you're checking out to check out, it's confusing the offense. Only check out when we don't have protection, right? That, that constant coaching in front of me made me realize that, and, and early in my career, I saw people starting to have success in sales. They, they, they traded in the Honda for the Benz. And next thing they were rolling the, the 83 station wagon, 
Like I didn't want to be that dude. I just, I was going to roll a Mazda 626 until I knew I could afford something better. And I was cool with the, with the bumper sticker that said happiness is being a grandparent on the back. Right. I could totally, totally get down with that. So for me, act like you've been there. I never, and I never wanted to close a deal to pay for a mortgage. Right. I always wanted to like live below my means. And so as we think about authenticity, uh, when you can truly be yourself and, and if you hear the phrase, fake it, you make it, please have them connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm going to coach them up right there for free that they should never say that to people. Well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to give you a different angle on that one. Lay it down. Is, is that okay? Sure. Let's do it. So, so what, it, what do you do in your, in an environment where it's like, I'm super nervous. I'm scared. I failed before. This is um, very challenging for me. There's a lot riding on this and I don't think I really have it in me. I don't think I'm, I'm worthy of this moment. So now what I would say is don't be somebody different than who you are, but sometimes faking confidence as in um, using your, your body, using your self-talk, using your language to act your way in, into, into confidence, mm -hmm. but not being fake, you know? Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. I don't think it's that fake. So if that was me and, and we all have negative self-talk, we all have the voice. We all get concerned. We all get nervous. And I would take a deep breath and I'd say, case, I believe in what I do matters. I know what I do matters. They might not see it yet, but let's be patient and let this thing happen. But what you do is legit. Now go do it. I love that. Well, I think what you're saying is it's so exhausting being somebody other than who you truly are. And you can't sustain that model. No, you can't sustain that model for the long stretch. And if I'm coaching someone, I we're going to break down your values, your beliefs, your purpose, you know, your strengths, your quirks, you know, all these things. And really your brand should cross over at work and at home. Yeah. If you're really leading authentically and, and things flow through you and, you know, you were playing to your strengths, you've done the work to uncover what gives you energy, what, how you can serve others in, in, at a high level. So that we're on the same page, but sometimes in these like in environments where we have to perform, there's a lot of pressure. Sometimes you have to, Hey, I don't have my, my best stuff. I'm going to act like I'm, I'm a stud, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know what though? Yeah. But I think what, what, what is so, um, what's so important with that, what you just said, you made me think about that. If, if how many games at Washington state did you play where you just got to show up on Saturday and coach said, Hey, guess what? Monday through Friday, take it off. You're good. Did you ever, did he give you the whole no. week off? Right? No, no, not a chance. So it's funny in sales environments, people will try to do that. They try to just go out there to meet with their client and then they practice on them. And so I like to say, if you, mm -hmm. if you practice on your client, how would they feel about you? Probably wouldn't be too happy. Right. And so mm -hmm. we're, when we practice and that helps us avoid those times where we lose confidence in those, those big moments, because we practice will never go, never be old. Practice will never not be cool. Practice will never go out of style, mm -hmm. right? It's so, it's, it's like, and it's to me, it's so funny that like companies don't want to do it because yeah. they feel well, pressure. It's so interesting. Well, because people, salespeople hate role-playing. That's just like, when you say role-play, they get this visceral response, mm -hmm. this, this anxiety ridden because it, a manager is looking, watching and going to critique and break down everything you said. And people don't like the way that feels, but it's like, well, that's what we had to do in practice every day, watching game film and people, you know, you make a mistake and we watch it five times in a row. Um, but getting back to this yep. being authentic and like practicing, I would be of the person is that every moment matters, not just like the moment prior to seeing that customer or in that customer. So let's treat every moment like it's a big moment, like every moment's important. So when you're practicing training, 
when you're getting ready to go, when you're making your slide deck, when you're you know practicing with your spouse or with the colleague, like let's treat every moment the same. So when the moment is on the line, you just trust your, your, your training. You don't change who you are. That's kind of what we're saying. Uh, let's keep moving. Number six, I want Team Money to ask a question about leadership. We're, we got Team Money on the ones and twos, AKA the producer, uh, also the Piaub High School ASB president, but let's get to number six and then Team Money, you can ask. Um, we have a, a leadership expert on this podcast right now. So give us uh, the uh, sixth and final six common is, sense strategy. Six is patience. Relationships take time. Relationships take time to, to build. Uh, if you try to force something, you try to convince someone to do something, they're going to resist you. If you ask great questions of value, their ideas will become your idea. No, your ideas will become their idea. Pardon me. I got that wrong. Pa just like anything, if it's meant to, to be, let it build, let it, let it, if you, you try to build a house quick, that first windstorm, something's going to happen. Something's bad's going to happen, right? You cut corners. It's bad. Something's bad. It, karma is always, will always show up. Right. And so like I, when I can be patient and realize that, um, I might, and, and the example I give in that chapter is I talk about sometimes you got to tell a customer, no, uh, meaning that, and when you say no, not because you don't want to help, because if it's outside your core capability or something, you might not be able to help them with, be honest and say, Hey, I don't know if that's what we can do or, um, you know, I appreciate, I want, it's more important for me to, to maintain the trust I'm looking to build with you than, than oversell a service or product that I have. And all of a sudden in two months, you're frustrated and all that six months of work of trying to get to where we're at now is gone. And I did that tons of tons of times as I think back to my career in the you know, staffing and consulting industry, where if we didn't have good talent on our bench, or I didn't think my team, if I didn't give my team enough time to find the talent, we would lose. And to me, when I would say, I don't think we have it, like, the customers were blown away. Like, what do you mean? No, I'm like, I want to help, but I don't think we are the right, right right now. And I think we're, Hey, we're going to still going to keep competing and trying to work and help, but um, make us compete, make us, you know, and, and I think just by again, being authentic and not being afraid to say something that is the quote unquote wrong thing to say made people, I think more attracted to me and my team because we were just normal, normal people. But, but that is the, the like frequency you're, you're setting out to the world is of abundance and not lack is of there's so many customers and you know we want to do the right thing to you so if i can't get this thing right if i can be transparent and honest i know down the road just being open to help serve listen and give you the best value even though we, we can't give it that's yeah. going to serve you in the long run um so team money man let's go yeah i think one uh big thing for me i guess is i'm curious going back a couple points how do you um, like, what do you do to make sure you're being your authentic self? Like with those people, you're not, you're not faking it. Um, because even sometimes like with me trying to build relationships with people or when I'm with people, sometimes I see myself and I feel like a lot of people too, you start like fitting their mold and kind of changing your personality. Like, what do you do to, or tell your clients, um, to like stay rooted in yourself? Yeah. Well, first thing I want to, I want to try asking that question using Ted and get some real live coaching here. Okay. So <laughs> team money getting uh, coached. <laughs> so no, I, I guess I'm like, just, I usually for me, when I am, um, around new people, trying to build relationships with people, uh, talking to new people, I find myself, I find myself sometimes changing my personality, um, trying to fit who they are to try and relate. Um, but I would love to, to find a way to stay rooted in myself and trust that they're going to be okay with who I am. Yeah. Um, 
So how do I, how do I go about doing that? And no, tell me, describe so, for me. So, so we okay. don't say what, why, how we say, Ted, tell me, explain, describe. Okay. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard team. It's yeah. practice it. So, so I would I, say, tell things. I think what you, I think what you're doing is okay because you're, you're being a chameleon. You're trying to mirror because so if you're a high, super high bubbly personality and you're meeting with a, someone that's totally shut down reserve, mm -hmm. we, we gotta, we gotta mirror that a little bit and we have to ask the right question to get them to open up a little bit, to find something that they're interested in. Right. And so if we're prepared going into a meeting, um, and we ask the right questions, usually good things are going to happen. So in being authentic, I just focus on being curious. That's, that's one of my gifts, mm -hmm. right? If the more that you can be curious, um, the more you can listen to learn versus listen to persuade. Yeah. Like Stephen Covey says, seek to understand before you understood. The more that you can just ask questions and don't let that voice in your head tell you you have to be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. If you use Ted, so if you ask me a question and I give you a response, you say, wow, Casey, that's pretty cool. Tell me more, more about that. Yeah. High percent of the time, I'm not going to say, no, man, T-Money, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. You're showing interest in someone. They're going to want to share more interest about what they love. And that's the art of relationship building, art of selling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People love talking about themselves. That's why Colin says the first time he's going to do a three-hour podcast where I just get to talk about me. <laughs> and I'll add this, T-Money, the most interesting person in the room is the most interested. Yeah. So I think, and, and really being curious, I think that's, I, I love the word you said, to be curious. Like when things get difficult and challenging, get curious. When you're in a new environment, get curious. When you yeah. will want to connect with people, get curious and really learn. And I think even um, when you're going off to, off to college, dude, you're going off to college, yeah. you know, in August, in the fall, you're going to be meeting a lot of new people and you're going to see that some people just want to talk about themselves, man. Yeah. So where are you going? Or they don't, or they don't say anything because they really lack confidence and they don't know who they are. So a way to lead people is to, is to get to, to get to know who they are and know where they're from and know what their interests are. Yeah. Casey's I'm, I'm going out to Chapman university in orange, California. Very cool. My, yeah. one of my best clients daughters down there right now. Okay. Awesome. It's funny. Anytime I like tell people that it's either they're like, Oh, where's that? Or they know someone that's there. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm super pumped about that. Very cool, man. Very yeah. Cool. Casey, can you break, break down like an example or story when you use this model, when you got a client that you didn't think was even possible or you failed on your face and you kind of did some of your tactics, is there a story that we can kind of connect, give us an example, like, you know, how you walk that customer or client through this, this, uh, this whole process or one of like a few processes of, of the six. Yeah. Um, let me think about that. So it can be a good one. I want to tell a story of, um, yeah, I want to tell a story of like, so I was a part of a, of a, a, a amazing team, had an amazing client that I, that, that uh, there was some turnover inside of this client. And uh, uh, there was a new vice president that I had to build a relationship quickly that she essentially uh, inherited a very large contract. So I was a part of the, one of the largest deals in my previous company's history. I helped her navigate the organization quickly. I helped make sure she knew the right people were who to talk. So I was using, you know, I was listening. I was treating her the way that I would want to be treated as a new executive. I was taking Procopius notes. I was documenting. I was you know, making sure that it was all about her and not me. But in the end, I knew that was going to serve me because I was treating her the way I wanted to be treated. Just think about throwing boomerangs. We throw boomerangs of goodwill. They're always going to keep coming back to you. Um, as we kept as that deal was progressed, probably call it three, four, five months into it, we had to hire quite a few people to support this need. 
one of our business sponsors that funded it uh, said we have budget issues and they end up losing about 60% of the budget, uh, which I had to lay off about, I don't know, 60, 70 people in person all in once. Um, just like, so I got sacked three times in a row. I either can yell at my lineman, yell at the coach or say, that sucked. Uh, let's get back to the huddle. Let's figure out what's not working. Right. And so I stayed level-headed and, um, just focused on serving, just continue to focus on serving focus on them because I used to always challenge myself when that person woke up, they didn't say, man, it feels good to be there. I can't wait to ruin Casey's day, uh, embarrass him in front of his company and have him take a massive pay cut. That's, those are my three goals today as a customer, right? And like being massively sarcastic, no one does that. But one of the biggest compliments I got out of that quick story, then hopefully it's making sense is she said, Casey, the day you won this deal, the day you lost it, you're the same dude. Couldn't tell. Which is the same as I think back to playing quarterback, the day we right, celebrate, but like when things go well and things don't go well, stay like our friends at Limitless Minds talk about staying neutral right? Don't get too high, too low. You got to realize that, 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 like I mentioned earlier in this conversation, we have 1,440 minutes a day. We all do. Everybody has the same amount of time. So don't tell me you don't have time to work out. You don't have time to read. You don't have time to document. You don't have time to show gratitude. Yeah, you do. You will, or you won't. And just be honest with yourself. And, and, and once you give yourself that release, to be honest, you, you're giving yourself the grace and the gift to go accomplish something different. So um, I love telling that story because it was a lot of stress, specifically as a publicly traded company, having that big of a potential revenue hit. But um, thankfully, it's funny, you know, fast forward two years after this went down, we end up, they ended up doing a, a vendor consolidation. For those who don't know what that means, they shrunk their vendor list from like 10 down to three. And um, we were one of the main ones that got selected. And I was, I was one of the ones behind the scenes kind of helping carve out what that looked like. All because I built trust. And it was about the relationship from day one, not about me worrying about how much money I was going to lose or a company was going to lose. It's about the relationship. So, and, and you, you ditched the ego and you had patience pillar five and six. Yeah. It's so unreal. Too. Yeah. So, so how about this? Let's talk about how you moved from being with a, a company like you were at to, to start your own business model where you're speaking consulting, you wrote a book, maybe talk about what inspired that and the type of courage it took and what you've learned through this past year and a half. Yeah, I'm so grateful for the 20 years I spent at K-Force. So grateful. I have so many relationships. I'm so grateful for how it ended. And I know it isn't ended because I have a feeling that we're going to work together in the future somehow. But um, I was our top performer for 10 years straight nationally, left as our firm's all-time leading salesperson. And at the end of that journey, I went into this pseudo executive role for a three-year run doing um, sales coaching, executive support, marketing, speaking, writing. And at the end of that three-year run, um, they asked me to go back to just being a seller. And uh, at the time, it just didn't correlate with where I, what I wanted to do. I feel like, and I had a client telling me, Casey, there's, there's bigger things out there. Go, go help change the world. And at the time, I didn't really take that for serious. But now as in the work I'm doing now, I, I am committed to changing the sales world. I'm committed to changing the way that you don't need to be an a-hole to be successful. You can be a good person and um, be nice and good things will happen. And uh, I used about three months to kind of get my mind right once we, I, I exited. And then I, I, then for four months from nine to 1130 every day, I wrote, my, wrote, wrote and wrote and wrote. And then you know, four or five months later, my book was done. The best editor I hired cost me zero. My wife 
shout out to Carrie Jaycox. I mean, she was so supportive in that journey. And, um, and then I knew I wanted to start a podcast and she called me crazy because I wanted to start them both at the same time because I wanted them both under the winning the relationship brand. And uh, just like you are good at podcasting because you've got biz dev skills and being a podcaster is, is you got to listen and be curious. And I love learning about people. So it's like, what a, what a gift. And I get free therapy every week from talking to dads to keep me, to keep me in check. And, um, and then coaching found me. I didn't plan to go do this. I had a, I had people start asking me, Hey, do you speak? Do you coach? I'm like, well, not really, not really what I do. And shout out to Andrew Moss, coach Andrew Moss up in Toronto. Uh, I, I met him early this summer and I, and I, I was concerned that I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't have coaching certifications. And I said, I don't know if I should do this. I mean, do you think I need to have certifications to coach? And he looks at me on zoom. He goes, can I be honest with you? And he's, I'm like, yeah, he goes like, no, man, like, I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm like, dude, I played football in college. I've been coached hard. I can take it. He's like, okay. So what I've heard about you is that you, you know, you, what you told me, what I've seen on LinkedIn, you're number one guy for years. You've had success, humble dude though. Um, you wrote a book you've done, you've been on the executive boards. You've done all, get out of my mother effing face and go help people. And he just stared at me and I was like, whoa. I'm like, that is exactly what I needed, right? And so, because we, again, the voice was like, Casey, I don't know if you're qualified to be a coach, but I'm like, listen, I have wisdom to share with people. I did this for 20 something years. I wrote a book to back it up on not intelligence, but wisdom. Now go help people. And it's so fulfilling. It's, um, you know, there's, there's the only thing I don't like about the coaching space. It's a, it's a, it's a little saturated with people that are too much intelligence based and not enough wisdom based. And I want more wisdom based people as my competitors, people who are can back up their coaching with experience and stories because stories are everything uh, in my, my opinion. So no, no disrespect to any of the coaches that aren't that cert qualified yet, but I just, um, you know, that's, that's on my heart. What, what comes to mind. You know, what, what's been your, your biggest learning from whether you, you failed or through this COVID process, having to transition everything to like virtually, is there a failure that like, man, that, that was rough, but I learned so much. Uh, one of my failures is I know nothing about uh, online, advertise, online advertising, keyword search. Um, I wasted a few bucks on that. So I'm, I'm being patient, chapter six. When the time is right, um, I mean, I've, I've, I don't know how many copies I've sold, but I have 71 organic 71, reviews. Yeah, I looked at 71 reviews on LinkedIn. And it's like 4.9 star review. Let's go. And that, I mean, I'm... That's, that's what, that's what excites me Colin and team money about this book is it's a mindset. It's back to stuff that you set, you teach to so many people in the world Colin, is mindset. And I'm, all I'm doing is teach. I'm reminding people of six common sense things that they, we all have control over. And if you do them consistently, make them of habits, great things will happen. I'm proof. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So how about this? As we kind of wrap things up, um, I'll, I'll I'm going to end with a few dad questions, but let's just pretend we're being coached up right now. And we have listeners that want to get coached up. They're here because they know that the missing link towards optimizing who they are is, is getting their, their mind right. You said mindset like five times in the last three sentences. So I got really fired up. Um, so if you were to coach us, like what, what type of questions would you ask? And then is there any, any drills, any simple things that we can like utilize right now? I know we got those six pillars, mm -hmm. but if there's like a, a mental drill to get self-awareness, like a, a certain strategy that, you know, based off of some questions to gain awareness, well, here's a system that you can implement. And then that the application is in here. 
I, I will, this is not really more of a mental skills training, but more of a, something that is a simple, it's called give to take to. I was taught this. So in any meeting you go on, customer interactive, customer, any, anytime you're with your teammate or even with, your, I used to do this with my customers. I wasn't supposed to do it, but I thought, why not? If I want to be vulnerable and humble to learn what my gaps are, who not better person to ask than my client if I want to, because I'd rather know what they're thinking, right? And so when you get done meeting or speaking with someone, just say, like when I get done speaking with any sort of organization, I would say, man, thank you for your time. Tell me two things you really enjoyed about our time together and two things you wish I would have done, diff done differently. So seek and be coachable and be ditch that ego, like we say in chapter five, and find, find, find your gaps and attack them. So, so what, what's the, what's the catchphrase for that, that exercise? Give to take to give to take to. And what, what's been your favorite feedback you've gotten from, from that? My favorite thing about that is someone said, I can't believe you asked me about that. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I've never had a speaker do as well as you just did and still wanted to get better. And I said, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I, that would be pretty fake of me to, to tell you to do this and then not ask. That's, that's not the, and I learned that from one of my, one of my mentors in, in life. I mean, he, he owned a room of about 2000 people spoke for eight hours. First thing he asked his team, give me two things. I, I did great. And two things I would have done better. And that, and that, that gentleman is a monster beast of a business person, great dad, great leader, super smart, ask great questions. He, that was the first time I heard the phrase unconsciously competent that I know Trevor Maud uses in his book. I, uh, he, he goes, Casey, you're the most unconsciously competent person I've ever met. I said, it doesn't sound good. He goes, no, it's good. I'm just going to teach you how to bring your, bring it out. So you teach people it. you don't need to teach yourself, but I'm going to, I'm going to teach you ways to teach other people. So, um, yeah, that's good. I, I think a lot of people, they, they do their day, they do their sales day. They do their, their golf outing team money. They do a speech in front of all of Pelop high school students and they don't take time to, to watch the film. So uh, a drill I do, if you don't ask a customer or ask a teammate or a colleague is good, better, next. What's one thing I did really good? What's one thing I can get better at? And what's, what's one thing I'm going to do next time? So just having some language and some systems on self-awareness. So as we wrap up, let's well, talk about, that, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I love that. What you just said, the, the thing I would say that when people, if you, like, I love what you just said, good, better, next. When you talk, your, when you talk through that, I, here's what I did good. Here's what I will do better next time and so use will or won't don't like need should have to like past tense but like when you can throw the word will it's like in goal setting like quarterly goals yeah, I, need, I need i need to do this I, yeah, I should do that no you don't you don't need to exercise you will just write down i will exercise measure it five minutes a day start small so i think we use those action words to and even like both of our models i think that that's where people will still see results too i love how you're a ninja with with language um <laughs> let's Let's, as we wrap up, let's talk about being a husband and, and a dad, like balancing work life and, you know, leading our, our home. When I think about impact, I think about breath and I also think about depth, where a lot of people are trying to have this like wide reach impact, which is great. But I'm thinking about like the people closest to me. I want to have that like deep impact with my family, with my children, with my, my close friends, being present, you know, that, that, that type of stuff. So maybe some tools because you've, been able to interview 77 dads on, on, on your show or maybe more, but there's uh, 77 shows that we can go to your, your podcast and listen to them. Go. But 
um, maybe give us the biggest learnings you've, you've taken from either that experience of working with dads and working through this stuff and some of the things that, that you've also learned. I'm going to do with a story. So uh, I was 30, 30 years old in 10 months and my son Ryder was 10 months old. He's almost 15 now. And uh, he knows that's what she said jokes too, which is super fun as a dad experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird when that happens. But I, I used to get in the office at seven. I'd be leaving at six, 6.30. I'd get home, long drive. I'd be getting, I would get 15 minutes a day with, with him early. And as a young, when they're young, you know, you want to spend time, but you're not, you're missing certain things, but you're not, there's not a lot of things that people might say you're missing. And I was like, no, I, I want to be there for the, everything. I don't want to, this time's going to go by so fast. Shout out to my first boss, Angela Ronica. I remember telling her like, this is not working. I'm not right. I, I am not, I'm not my best version at home. I'm not my best version itself. I know that the numbers say things are great, but I need to figure something out. And thankfully she goes, Case, I trust you. Your, you know, your leader in this office, let's, let's, let's change your hours. Let's figure something out. So I literally left at four o'clock, like banker's hours for a sales guy, which is super hard. And then I, the whole way home at hour drive, I would make, be on the phone the whole way there. When I get home, I would take a deep breath and I would make from, you know, five Oh five ish to seven 15 ish dad time, no matter what. And I was not taking phone calls unless it was like urgent. And so for the people out there that think you're that important, or you think you've got this high pressure job and you got to take every call, I will challenge you with this. If I dial 911 right now, T-Money, Colin, or my phone number won't ring. And your phone number won't ring either unless you work for a paramedic, right? Unless you're going to tell me that you're a paramedic or fireman or policeman, your phone's not ringing. So we're not that important. We're all replaceable. Right. But, and I look at me at Casey, yeah, number one guy, K for sure. Guess what? They're doing great without me. Life moves on. They're doing, they might be doing better without me. Who, who knows? Right. But from a dad's perspective, you have to be present because the theme of my podcast is, you know, being the quarterback, your household, be the leader of the home. And it doesn't mean your wife can't be a leader. Your wife is probably sometimes a better leader than most of us dads. So leadership is, are we, are we, are we showing up with um, curiosity? Are we not afraid to say we're sorry? Are we not afraid to maybe shed a tear from here and then so you let your kids see what emotion looks like? Are we not afraid to say, I, I don't know. Let me, I'm not sure the answer to that. Let me find out, son, right? And so all along, I, I applied those things and um, it just made me present. I, would, I was coaching my kids sports forever and I would always not take, I wasn't going to take business stuff then, right? And if, if, if it was that important to me, a client, then that wasn't a client for me. Because if a client can't respect that I want to be a great present father and a good dad, then what kind of person am I going to be to you? You know, and now, so when I interview dads, that's really the goal. I want to inspire other dads to change their mindset, to think that way, because do you want to be that dad that travels all over the United States and then they're, and then your, your kids are 16 years old. You haven't asked any of them, any Ted questions. You have no idea what their likes are. You have no idea what their interests are. And then next thing you know, they're gone. You're like, shit, I wasted my time. That sucked. Well, I think if you do that, you have more energy for yourself and you've said, boundaries that are healthy and people will respect boundaries uh key number two is expectation management so if we can have that that clear with self and with your customers and with your family so last question t money whose beard looks better oh <laughs> that's a tough one you know casey's a little darker so he's got the contrast there i i saw you were you <laughs> You switched off. You took your hat off real quick before the podcast and you had a fresh lineup. So 
I who do. would have a better what a better stash if we had to go to stash game? Who do you think just have a better stash? Oh, let's see. <laughs> well, I, listeners, I, you don't care about this, but you give us an answer. <laughs> Ready? One, two, three, answer, T Money. Uh Casey. Good. He's our guest. It. We always make sure our guests feel <laughs> exactly, loved. Exactly. Well, uh, Casey, you want to let us know where we can find you? I'm on uh, the best way is just visit my website, caseyjcox.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-J-A-C-O-X. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on the IG. I, Colin is my Instagram mentor, my idol, the social media god that he is. Um, Please. You are, dude. You're like the you're like a ninja on social media. Like, how's he <laughs> right. what do those buttons do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I sure wish my like followers would, would recognize that to get new ones. No, just kidding. Oh, um, yeah, I would say best. Or you can just email me, Casey at CaseyJcox.com. I love connecting with people. I love serving people. And helping people connect with other people fills my tank. So if, if you see someone in my network you want to meet and, and it makes sense, reach out to me. Let's try to help you. And, and we should say this. If you're in business, if you're in sales, if you're a parent, if you're in leadership, if you're a human being, if you're an adult, get the book, win the relationship, not the deal, six common sense strategies to succeed in life and business. You'll learn a ton of stuff. Uh, Casey, you're a stud, dude. It was you're so fun to connect. So, so proud of you. We know that the best is ahead and T money. You know how we end every single podcast. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. God, look at that. You guys. Look-